Hey everyone, super grateful to be bringing you this next episode today, talking with Dr. Kieran Kennedy. Dr. Kieran is a Kiwi living here in Melbourne, and he's on the home stretch of his neuropsychiatry fellowship, which is keeping him very, very busy. Despite that, he manages to fit in a heap of other things, like writing for some huge magazines and blogs, being a correspondent on TV shows like Studio 10, and even having dabbled in some fitness modelling and bodybuilding competitions. For all of Kieran's achievements and hard work, he is very humble and talks very openly about the pressures of body image amongst men, finding that healthy balance of passion, profession and your own mental health, and importantly, he lays out some simple but important truths about maintaining your mental health. I highly recommend people get around Dr. Kieran Kennedy on Instagram. You'll find him pretty easy. He's a super level head in what has been a pretty uncertain time, and I for one have found it to be a great touch point for staying informed in the weird, isolated world we're all sort of living in at the moment. So on behalf of Liam and myself, I just want to say stay safe, check in with friends and family, and please enjoy this episode with Dr. Kieran Kennedy. This is the Men of Words podcast, where little conversations can make big differences. Hello and welcome to the Men of Words podcast. Changing it up a little bit this week, I'm going to give it a crack at the First introduction, Muff, love you're here. How are we? I'm good, Muff. I'm very well, mate. How are you doing? Well, I'm a bit nervous. How'd I do? Tell me first. Ah, uh, look, Try solid, again. solid. Oh, Tens across the board. Tens across the board. Right, from even so the Russian judges. So, change yeah. of plans. Are we taking the reins from now on? Is that cool? Yeah, done. Awesome. Um, I might get you to do the introduction to our next guest. Pretty excited for him to be here. Absolutely. T- taking the conversation a little bit of a different direction today, which we're super looking forward to and really pleased to have with us, Dr. Kieran Kennedy. Kieran, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Thank you, guys. Absolute yeah. pleasure to have you and here. Mate, that was 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Right, that Let's beautiful. just end it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, no, it's perfect. only downhill from here. Yeah. It's too much pressure on me. Yeah, yeah no, thank Absolutely. you, guys. Nah, pleasure, pleasure. Um, Yeah, really interested to, I guess, yeah, um, change the perspective of the conversation a little bit. Uh, Not a great deal because obviously, you know, we still sort of have our our mission and our message of making the conversations around mental health, you know, as attainable and, you know, as as easy as possible. And, you know, this being, you know, having started as a conversation between mates, you know, as with Liam and I. It's uh yeah it's really it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a good chat to sort of get your thoughts on on, on no, what's going I'm, on. I'm really looking forward to it and um, yeah just thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So thanks. we I guess to to jump into a little bit of you. So because yeah. uh, uh, to some Kieran Kennedy I'm sure a household name Ooh. but to some perhaps not. <laughs> so we're watch, uh, watch what you say here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um. Super, super interested to sort of hear a little bit of your, like, uh, get a little bit about your background, mm-hmm. a bit of your origin story, understand mm-hmm. sort of who, who, who Kieran Kennedy is and yeah. how you crossed the ditch from NZ and made it across to, to the big brother <laughs> yes. to Australia. You had to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, of get course. Booted out of course. <laughs> booted out of the studio. <laughs> Nah, nothing of the sort. We got we got the we got the Anzac spirit in here. So yeah, yeah. Sort of interesting. Just maybe yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to you know give us a little bit of, a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah. And how you how you made it over here and doing what you're doing uh, in the in the world of, of mental health. Definitely. So yeah, as said, Kiwi, born and bred. Um, so grew up in quite a small country town, to be honest, um, like a small sort of farming town. Um, and what what town was it? Waiuku. Waiuku? Yeah, North or it? South Island? 
North Island. North yeah. Island. Okay. You pronounced that beautifully. Was that? Yeah. Wow, okay. That yeah, was well, like... thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kia ora, bro. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand population would be very. Proud. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and both sides of my family um, from farming backgrounds. So both my mum and my dad's sides of the family, big sort of dairy farms. Um, so I kind of grew up in that sort of that sort of place, really, and. Um, somehow sort of found myself moving up to the big smoke of Auckland and studying medicine, uh, fell in love with psychology and that kind of led me to, to kind of come through medicine thinking that I wanted to work in mental health and, and, uh, become a psychiatrist one day, which is, you know, kind of crazy to, to be sitting here now thinking that that's, <laughs> that's nearly the case yeah, and that away. I'm kind of doing it now. Um, yeah, but no, it did all sort of start in a pretty pretty sort of usual Kiwi kind of childhood kind of way growing up on the farm and, mm. and things. So. It's a pretty solid, like, digression, mm. I guess, you know? Like, <laughs> talking about, like, career digression from the folks, you know? That's yeah. A, um, yeah, that's a big sort of, like, that's a big pivot, which is which mm. is cool. Like, I mean, yeah, what, a, what an awesome opportunity to have. So with that, um, so you've been in Australia now for a couple of years? Yeah, just and, over two years. Yeah, and so you've been in Melbourne since then? Yep. Yeah, cool. Yep. So, like, I mean... Certified Melbourneian. I was going to say, it's so yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. a Melbourneite now, right? Absolutely, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the accent gives it away, but otherwise. <laughs> Just <laughs> Northside <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah, Northside Kidding. Melbourne. Yeah, Northside. Yeah, Northside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a dangerous hill to stand on up there <laughs> by yourself there, Murph, <laughs> calling out the Northside. <laughs> Lots of brilliant places and people from the Northside. <laughs> yeah, very true. true. I was say, my geography of Melbourne is still... Still growing up. Yeah, okay, so. yeah, fair enough. That's <laughs> it. Oh, that's good. That's better. That's the way to be. Um, so, and then, so you work here in Melbourne, and like yep. what's the last sort of two years consisted of for you? Yeah, so working at um, one of the major hospitals here, sort of in the CBD in Melbourne, and um, I guess the last two years has been pretty full on. It's been um, kind of, so I'm, I guess, towards the end of my specialist training in psychiatry, which yep. is the whole medical world and the system and how it works and stuff is uh, fairly confusing even for those that are doing it um but you know you basically pop out of medical school and then might do you know two or three that's variable sort of years of like interning type stuff where mm-hmm. you're kind of rotating around medicine and surgery and psychiatry uh, and then uh, people sort of choose what path they want to go down in a specialist sort of sense. So whether you want to be a GP or yep. an orthopedic surgeon or a psychiatrist. Um, so I've been sort of going down the psychiatrist pathway for uh, five years now. Yeah. And this is, fingers crossed, my, my last year before sort of all the specialist training is done and you sort of pop out the end as a fully qualified yeah no that's really boss. cool amazing yeah <laughs> i'm sure it's been a big couple of years for sure yeah so with the you mentioned talking about the somewhat confusing and convoluted mm. nature of uh, of the of that industry mm-hmm. brings us to a pretty big question that i had straight up uh and yeah sort of and, and i know murph was exactly the same thing if we're looking at your title, Dr. Kieran Kennedy, I'm going to mm. list off about half the alphabet that exists behind <laughs> this name. So it goes capital M, capital B, capital C, capital H, capital B. No, small H, capital B, space, yeah. capital B, capital S, 
Capital C. Uh, care to translate? <laughs> um, yeah. So that weird translation. And it's yeah. really, like, it's it's weird, like like you say, like, people will put your name down and then, like, put these random sort of letters at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the first bit, the mm-hmm. MBCHB, yep. that's, that's the New Zealand, I guess, equivalent for the New Zealand... Mnemonic or whatever you call that for a, a medical degree, mm-hmm. um, and so it's basically uh, a bachelor of medicine, bachelor of surgery, mm-hmm. uh, is what that stands for uh, in in a sort of a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. I think they take it from a Latin. I think the letters actually come from. It's a lot of Latin left over. Yeah, that sort of work, isn't say, it? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not even quite sure. <laughs> but basically, that means yeah, that yeah, I yeah. can uh, practice medicine here, which is nice. Great. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then the the second round of letters comes from the fact that before I went to medical school, I did a bachelor of science. Uh, so okay. I see. So Murph, you called that one. I'm all so, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm not today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Latin, Latin. <laughs> the, the CH stands for Chirurgia, which is Latin for surgery, whatever. Oh, look at oh, you. Is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a show off. Here, yeah, right? no, Thanks, Siri. Weird, Appreciate your help. Yeah, yeah. Weird yeah. Latin flex, but I'm all for it. Hey, yeah, my dad yeah. taught me it since I was a young boy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Shane, I love you. Good man, great man, Shane. Um, yeah, so yeah. the old BSc, so that was um, psychology and physiology was what I did before medicine. Okay. Awesome. Um, yes. And it's kind of a little roundabout way that that ended up happening, um, but in the end it kind of made me realise how much I liked psychology and mental health, um, and so in a way that's why when I did eventually go through to med school, that's why we've kind of popped out as we are now working with mental health and psychiatry. So yeah, Amazing. I might jump in really quickly. There's two two points I want to follow on from that. Mm. Point one, at the end of this year, say you're successful, you become a fully-pledged psychiatrist, <laughs> is there more alphabet coming at the end of your name? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there what is. Will yeah. what, will, what will that be? So that would be um, <laughs> F-R-A-N-Z-C-P. Great. Would then be added to wow. the end of your that's, name. That's the second half of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so just like lots more random letters that yeah, oh, make no sense. Um, so that basically means, uh, I guess you you say that you're a fellow, which means yep. you're a you know a fully pledged kind of part of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So each medical specialty has what they call a college, and yep. that's kind of um, you know you've got your Royal College of GPs, Royal yep. College of Surgeons. Um, so, yeah. So, that's your entrance to the bar. Yeah, exactly. Like it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just more letters to, to write down <laughs> after yeah. things which doctors just love. So. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's <laughs> why our signatures are so terrible. <laughs> um, and the second thing, I guess, maybe to, to launch straight into, um, into it, you studied psychology to begin with and mm. you're becoming a psychiatrist. Are uh-huh. you able, for those that don't really understand it, are you able to split the difference between yeah. a psychologist and a psychiatrist? And that's a really, really good question because even at the hospital and, and stuff that I do, like that's something that people ask all mm-hmm. the time and it is <laughs> super confusing. Yeah. Um, so basically, a, uh, I guess... I guess to sum it up, a psychologist would be someone who has, in a clinical sense, they've done a, a psychology degree and a clinical psychology 
doctorate or PhD, uh, and they've been trained to support people with their mental health from the, the talking therapy side of things, you know? So it would be stuff like cognitive behavioral therapy or maybe some of the more classic kind of, you know, sitting down in the chair and having that talking therapy. Um, whereas a psychiatrist is someone who is a doctor uh, and is also trained to do those things, so to, to do the, the more talking type therapy, if, if that's the really specific path they go down. Um, but I guess a psychiatrist is someone who would also prescribe medications mm. for, for mental health conditions um, and would make decisions about um, admitting people to hospital or mental health wards. Um, and, you know, I guess in, in a broader sense as well, maybe with that medical background, look at more of the physical side of someone's health as well and how that maybe interacts with their mental yeah. health. Um, so yeah, so yeah. the two cry, kind of cross over and that's yeah. confusing, but yeah, I guess a psychiatrist is someone who's a, who's a doctor and does a bit more with medications and physical health and, yeah. and hospital admissions. And a psychologist is someone who supports someone more from the, the talking therapy type right. side. I think it's important to, to distinguish between the two because yeah. I mean, talking to, to my just before you arrived, we were sort of saying like a lot of people, and I know for me when I first started to go through some some challenges, mm. and, you know, I was scared to talk to a psychologist, yeah. thinking it was a psychiatrist, yeah. and then you you really talk point. to someone, they'll go, oh, I'm speaking to a psychiatrist, but I was scared because I thought they were psychologists, mm. rather. Yeah. So I think it, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of like anxiety around the titles of of those two professions. A hundred percent, you know, and I think that's that comes from kind of that that base kind of worry that we have about Mm. talking about mental health struggles and you know particularly going to see someone or getting help for it that's something that's still very real and you know there's a whole lot of stuff about stigma and Mm. stereotyping Mm. and stuff that still flies around within that but you know I think you know and this will be me giving my my career and my colleagues a bit of a plug but you know I think there's also psychiatry and psychiatrists haven't had the best rap in in history uh and some of that is understandable and deserved in terms of some of the things in the past that have happened and and things but also some of it is also that stigma Mm. um you know so i think there is a bit of a fear around seeing a psychiatrist Mm. in particular and that's something that i kind of come into contact with when i see patients all the time like they've put off seeing me or seeing a a psychiatry registrar or a psychiatrist for a long long time Mm. because of the thought that oh my gosh well what if this person like you know throws me in hospital and locks away the key or tries to put me on some drugs massive like medications that change me or you know, even if we know it's not the case, I think, you know, movies and history and stuff, when we think about a psychiatrist, we get images of, you know, electroshock therapy yeah, yeah, and like patients. The padded, you know, the padded yeah. room and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the rooms, yeah. patients being, you know, signed off on the bottom of a sheet of paper and then dragged into hospital so against their will. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there, there is still a lot of fear and yeah. misunderstanding around it. So. Yeah, big time. I completely understand that. From from your point of view, and this is probably a, a tricky question to answer straight off the bat, but if you were, say a friend came to you and said, mm. you know, Kieran, I'm, I'm struggling, mm-hmm. would you recommend them speak to a psychologist or a psychiatrist first? Uh, oh, very good question again. 
Help me with that. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it comes with this new stuff. introduction to the, like I'm I'm feeling it. Oh, nah. You're really stiffing it, aren't you? Yeah, you know what's Yeah, I, we, what, any talk of Carl Stefano, it gets me like <laughs> yeah. journalist mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, he's Carl. Coming. Feel free to come on <laughs> if you want, mate. He's coming for you. Um, yeah, I, I think really that often comes down to. A few things, but it might come down to someone's preference in terms of what type of treatment they'd prefer. Yeah. Um, you know, so if someone might prefer to look at medication options, then obviously seeing a psychiatrist would be the way that you'd sure. need to go down. Um, if someone is more uh, wanting to talk things out, explore things from, I guess, that, that more talking therapy mm. type side of things, it would usually be... A psychologist we'd recommend, but but also psychiatrists do that work as well. Um, and, and sometimes it comes down to the level of severity yeah. uh, as well. You know, so if, if, if a mate came to me and they were really in a in a really tight spot um, and the symptoms they were they were sort of going through and things were really quite intense or if there was any worry there about mm. about their their level of risk and things, uh, I mean, that might make me more likely to to want mm. them to, to see a, a psychiatrist mm. um, just because in those cases maybe medications are something that yeah. might need to be explored a little bit more um, you know and obviously if, if things are getting to the point where they're, they're really really in a tight spot and someone's having concerns about their safety within themselves or their thoughts about about wanting to be here and, and things right now um then then often psychiatry services are where mm. i guess that kind of next tier type support and, and input can come from so yeah. so it kind of does depend on what the symptoms are yeah. what level they're at but also someone's preference you know um yeah no um, brilliant thank you appreciate it the um you, like you talk about, you just mentioned about like the the, the different tiers that mm. like these, some of these sort of circumstances mm-hmm. could take. That's um that's a really interesting point and something that you know that we wanted to sort of talk about today as well because when for Liam and I, I guess like our sort of you know mental health journey or, or you know mm. we were we were both pretty involved in each other's sort of yeah. uh, I guess like you know taking that next step into you know seeking help and stuff yeah. like that and which and, is so yeah awesome. oh absolutely because like, like, I think especially for us guys. Even with yeah. even with your close mates and your friends, mm. like I think for for us guys, still that's still something that can also be really yeah. hard and really anxiety provoking sometimes, even to open up to a mate about it. So, mm. you know. And this is exactly the point because I think you know I like my I know like especially just speaking from my circumstance, my first step was to reach out to mm. mates and stuff mm. first. And yeah, like, yeah. for Liam, you know, at the time for my particular situation, you know, Liam was going through something pretty similar. We mm. were in it sort of together, mm. so it made sense, you know, like yeah. we're friends, someone I really trust. But, you know, a, a really positive step was taking that conversation from the friends and family sort of sphere and then moving it into like a professional setting as well. So I think like for me, I know that that transition was like a really sort of important thing Mm. and definitely, I'm definitely like pretty confident that I'm I'm seeing the benefits of that today. Is that something that you think, yeah, like how, how would you sort of explain the importance or, or like how much importance would you Mm. place on that sort of transition? Mm. And is it always necessary? Do you think? Uh, not always um you know I, I think for a lot of people opening up to their mates to their family to the people closest to them about what they're going through 
can help them get through um, and <clears throat> you know we, we can go through really tough times and, and struggles with our mental health um, and with support and even just talking to someone close uh, about it you know people can move through that and and not necessarily kind of need that professional input uh, and I think you know something I talk about a bit as well is you know n- needing to to get rid of that idea that's a little bit sort of prevalent today that struggling with our mental health or experiencing anything that's not you know sunshine and rainbows and everything's fine and great and i'm hustling and killing it all the time you know if you're not feeling great with your mental health that's not necessarily abnormal you know like that's not necessarily um a, a disorder or a, or a problem that someone needs to to see a psychiatrist or a doctor about you yeah. know because just like when we feel happy and great and full of beans and smashing stuff just like that's very normal and natural it's also very normal and natural for us to go through times where mm. we're feeling anxious or we're having a bit of a rough week of sleeping or we're feeling a bit frustrated or low um you know, so I think it's it's important that we kind of start thinking that that's that's okay to feel that way, um, and if someone can open up to their mates, their family about that, and that's enough to help them move through it, mm-hmm. then then that's that's really great. Um, I think the point where that discussion about well, when do we kind of go from talking to mates and getting support from family to getting professional support is a really really important one though. Um, and I guess if people are feeling that things are carrying on for much longer than they maybe thought they would, or the things they're experiencing are really starting to feel pretty intense mm. and difficult, or if it's stopping them from doing the things that they want to do, then that's that's probably the point where you know making that step to the professional is important. Mm. Um, you know, but it can be a tricky line to kind of know when is the right time there um but you know i mean we know that the gap there is huge um you know there are so many people going through mental health struggles and and even kind of pushing on with with mental illness who are kind of scared or or worried about taking that step to see a professional yeah um and and you know there's a there's a massive gap there still um so that was a bit of a ramble, but uh, no, <laughs> it's, the, it's brilliant. It, it gets you like everything you've raised. Just sort of as, when with for me listening to you, I was just sitting there going like, I hundred percent should have taken that transition earlier. Mm, because and you I think it's because that stuff was looking pretty... back now. I think it's for me, and I know Amy, my partner, was sitting there like for a while going like, "Come on, we need it. Mm. Let's let's push and yeah. let's go and try and find something yeah, to help yeah. you." And mm. I was like, "No, nah, I'll be fine." Like you know. Yeah classic macho man that I'm clearly not in any physical form (laughs) but for me it was um, yeah I think you know looking back on it it took me a full on sort of panic attack to Mm -hmm. not get out of bed not like shallow breathing couldn't breathe properly crying like for me to go okay it's time whereas sort of I guess yeah looking in in a close network with your mates Mm. I probably should have identified within myself earlier and and should have gone earlier. Looking back now, at the time, I probably did it exactly at the right time because if I'd continued to brush off a panic attack and whatever, then I was clearly going to do more damage than Mm, than mm. good. Um, 
from from your point of view in in a support network or you know if we're, if we're having these conversations with mates yeah. what are some things that you would maybe look for you, you say like you know it's now the time that to that we recommend you go and see someone mm. like what would you see in a mate or in your experience that you've gone okay now it's time yeah 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 so i i think obviously any concern around safety is is obviously like the the biggest yeah. one and like yeah. um you know probably the first one to start with you know if someone is um doing things that might be putting them at risk or other people at mm. risk and, and you're concerned uh or if they have expressed some kind of of thoughts yeah. around their safety within themselves or thoughts around wanting to be here or not be here um you know that that's that's usually a pretty clear sign that that then they would benefit from obviously some um, some closer support and some mm. professional support, uh, and you know it, it's it's not a cut and dry thing. Yeah. Um, but you know I think we often talk about in psychiatry and in medicine, you know again there's that idea of okay we're well, going through rough stuff and feeling low, feeling anxious. Mm. That's not that's not abnormal per se, um, but if it's uh, persisting or it's happening to a level where it's really starting to impact or change the way that someone mm-hmm. functions or goes about things uh, in terms of their relationships their work um, like you mentioned kind of maybe not being able to get up out of bed yep. or missing days of work or not being able to leave the house mm-hmm. you know if what's going on is really starting to impact their ability to to be the person they want to be and and get on and do the things that they want to do then that's usually a pretty clear sign that yeah they're gonna sort of need some professional help to Mm. maybe get through that Mm. Um, yeah for sure things like um i mean i know wayne swass said to us like sleeplessness like Mm. if he doesn't get his eight Uh, hours or seven hours of sleep a night yeah. He knows that he needs to reset yeah. and, and go back. So it's a sign for him. A sign yeah, for him. Yeah. And I think, you know, like if, if a mate said to us now, like, oh, you know, I haven't been sleeping well, we'd be, mm-hmm. I think the how much inf- how much more informed Muff and I now are from all these conversations yeah. we've had yeah, yeah. would be one thing for me that I would yeah, sort of... 100%. You just can't reckon, yeah, you just like start to recognise that stuff. Yeah. You know, or like that's, the, I guess that's the chain of thought that that like proceeds yep. that you know yeah. people are saying that sort of stuff and definitely yeah you know and we've still got a, a really long way to to go in terms of how we think about our mental health compared to our physical health mm. but i think that's something that in general we are getting a bit better at as a society you know like thinking about okay well if a mate's saying to me man i've been having a really rough time sleeping lately or you know i've been getting these weird kind of panicky things mm. where mm. my heart kind of starts racing and things I, I think generally now we are much better at, at sort of being like oh, okay like yeah something maybe is going on I, yeah. I need to reach out to them support them or maybe that's a sign of this or that mm. um you know just like we would with a physical thing you yeah. know like if a man yeah. came to us and was like oh man, I've had this hacking cough for like two weeks now and, yeah. you know, I think I spat up a bit of blood this morning. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. think any of us would be like... Hesitate yeah. to say... Sounds, sounds yeah. fine. Like, yeah. Get on with it. Yeah, like, happens to me all the like, time. We'd probably be <laughs> yeah. like, oh, man, you should really go see your yeah. doctor about that. Um, you know, and there's still a massive gap there between physical and mental, but I think overall we are getting a little bit more 
yeah. switched on in terms of you know knowing if it, if something kind of is flagged to us from a mate that that maybe mm. we really need to to listen to that and and help them maybe move through to mm. get some support yeah definitely the the listening thing is so huge and saying that Muff mm. and I have started like constantly reminding each other to do yeah. even in this the podcast like mm. we when we first started we were so keen on just like asking a question <laughs> and getting an answer <laughs> yeah. and we had to we always stop and check and go you know just listen like we just actually need to listen mm. and but it's just yeah. hard right yeah like exactly. in, in any of our um you know like personal relationships yeah. or professional ones or at work um you know it's kind of it's quite amazing what a difference it makes if we actually take that heat off ourselves to not have to respond and answer and mm. fix and problem solve and mm. stuff all the time and when it comes to mental health that that's also something that we really find and that that friends and family members who are supporting someone i think can really kind of take as something mm. that that is actually really helpful in itself you know mm. people feel a lot of pressure i think to you know if i'm asking them about this or if we're talking about this stuff that i have to have some kind of answer mm. yeah. problem solving fix it kind of remedy mm. whereas actually just being a mate uh, and and sitting there and listening and letting that person talk about what they're going through um can be massive yeah. you know, and is really therapeutic in its own way it's just like diffusing some of their own internal insecurity a mm. little bit you know just for the yeah. fact that like i can put this out there yeah. and it's not you know and the whole world isn't going to burn down around yeah. me you know yeah. or anything like 100%. that 100 percent. and also just that really basic kind of human connector of feeling like we're heard and for someone that's going through anxiety or depression or any kind of struggle with their mental health feeling like they're heard and like what they're experiencing is is valid and real is massively therapeutic and so being a mate or a family member who's just able to sit there and just listen and just let that person get it out um can be massive mm. uh, yeah, listening is huge, yeah. <laughs> but it's something that I'm it's still a, learning. Yeah, it's, it's a skill, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is a, a real it's skill. Yeah. Yeah. Just do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, big time. To sort of jump to maybe like another like another side of, mm. of what you do as well as far as your advocacy work around health and well-being you know and, and that extends beyond mental health of course as well um so some of the work you do i mean so you uh, like a contributor for a, like a bunch of blogs and some really big magazines like mm. men's and women's health australia mm. you know like a, like obviously huge publications yeah. and and you you must have seen and even like you said about the way people's attitudes towards mental health and understanding and that yeah. gap between, you know, like, uh, and like the, the, this, you know, shrinking of the stigma. Yep. You must have seen even in working with those guys, a bit of a transition in that yeah. direction as well, which should be pretty exciting too. Definitely. And it is really exciting. And, um, I mean, that's what, with any of that kind of advocacy, writing, speaking, media kind of stuff, that's what really gets me fired up is, is this idea of, you know, we, we need to kind of bridge that gap mm. a little bit better. You know, like we, we do so much talking, especially in the media and stuff, about 
you know, physical health and well-being and fitness and appearance mm. and and all these things. Whereas for a long time now, kind of the the mental side of stuff's been a little bit kind of. It's been kind of the the. I don't even know how this. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, like it's, it's, it's kind it's of been the, it's, right? it's yeah, it's been the forgotten yeah, child yeah, for yeah, a while, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and so to see, you know, to see some somewhere like men's health magazine or women's health australia who are you know obviously these are these are magazines and and juggernauts that are kind of uh, traditionally about fitness and Mm. physical health and and things coming more on board with with content talking about depression and anxiety or um you know the the interaction between physical health and mental health mm, like that yeah. is that that is just awesome um mm. and it's a massive driver as to why i love doing this kind of stuff and so you're and see i think you're a good connector between those two things as well because have we got you have had some like top 10 finishes in natural bodybuilding competitions is that right <laughs> You had to. Yeah, <laughs> you um, got oh, right? That's it. Hey, when it's there, it's there. Like you gotta be, you gotta be proud of this. Yeah, stuff, that's true. Know? Like I said, it's, it's something that's there, and um, and I guess that's true when you say that's a bit of a connector because uh, in a lot of ways, like I didn't come out of med school being like, okay, my goal is to yeah. write for magazines or mm. anything like that, and it's it's only through the stuff that I was just doing outside of the hospital uh, in terms of gym and fitness and then the bodybuilding and um, a little bit of like fitness modeling kind of dabbling. It's through that that I actually kind of fell into opportunities Mm. to kind of like you say connect the two and talk about how our physical fitness Mm. and our physical health actually has a massive overlap with our mental Mm. health Mm. and how we need to be thinking about both Mm. um so it's interesting in a way like you say i think and i think i guess it's a bit of a the the novelty factor maybe was the starting point of it like Mm. you know like again we were talking about those those images historically of psychiatry doctors and psychiatrists like i think you know because i guess that's where it started people would kind of come up or I'd be chatting to some guys or, or whatever at, at bodybuilding shows or mm. in the gym and they'd kind of ask me what I do and I'd say, oh, I'm like training to become a psychiatrist or I'm a doctor and, and people would be like really weirded out by yeah, that. Yeah, they'd, yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, what the heck is a, like a <laughs> mental health doctor, whatever that means, doing yeah. in his spare time yeah, yeah. and in the weekends like entering bodybuilding shows yeah. and like walking around on stage with like, nothing on and stuff like that <laughs> which i get like it's yeah, it's yeah, a weird yeah. thing to try and connect but but in a way that's kind of yeah that's what's led to some of these opportunities coming around and that's exactly yeah. yeah and it's exactly what we're talking about i mean different circumstances of, of you know us talking about this mm. sort of stuff with our mates and mm. just trying to make that more accessible like it's exactly the same for you in a way, making that more accessible for that particular community. Yeah. I mean, there's a million and one different subsets yeah. of little communities mm, and people 100%. that are into what they're into. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is, is that the you know the the sliding scale of mental health affects mm-hmm. every single one of those people. 100%. So yeah, like any any sort of inroads into any community is going to be a positive thing. Definitely, and you know, like it's kind of my like passions and and that kind of area and this kind of area has broadened since that time but 
you know, that's what really excited me about it at yeah. the start mm. was, you know, the, these communities and, you know, the, like if we think about like Instagram and, you know, online and stuff, if we think about the fitness community mm. as a whole and this whole like fitness well-being kind mm. of thing, which is, you know, like they talk about it being worth billions of dollars yeah, and yeah, we're yeah, so invested in the gym and and physical fitness and appearance you know to think about the fact that actually all those people are still often you know moving through their own things with mental health and and have questions around that and and are actually really kind of from what i've seen anyway wanting Mm. to to connect with that side Mm. more it's really exciting to kind of think that that actually it doesn't have to be one or the other like you don't have to be someone in my opinion anyway who who is either in the gym or looking Mm. a certain way or like all about fitness or or even a bodybuilder versus someone who thinks about their mental health and their emotions Mm. and stuff more like those two things aren't mutually exclusive Mm. like you you can have a bit of both Mm. um and so yeah exactly like you say there's there's a whole lot of people in that community who i think can really benefit from thinking about you know mental yeah. fitness just as much as physical fitness in, in a way mm. if you had to i guess if you had to like if you had to elevate a pitch the connection between like physical and mental <laughs> health oh god yeah that's it <laughs> i know right just yeah. a, it's a probably a daunting way to it's probably a daunting way to phrase it and we obviously are not time restricted so you don't need to do it in yeah. 10 floors of yeah. elevator time okay. <laughs> but yeah like if you had to sort of describe you know or if you could sort yeah. of describe i guess what and maybe like to you uh, mm. like at a personal level or or either you know yeah. at, at a more that community sort of yeah. level like how would you how would you if somebody you know maybe if it was like a piece of advice that you were offering out to someone in, who might have been having a tough time and saying mm. that like well look you know maybe shifting some of your focus to you know getting healthy in xyz sort of ways yeah. how would you sort of like explain that to, to someone um so i mean i i guess it would be really floating the idea that that this is a this is a link that's like a hundred percent real you know like this isn't something that kind of academics are just throwing around or something that you know like someone's like posting inspirationally on instagram being like you know mind equals body and stuff like that you know from like a pure kind of scientific side of things we know that there's a hundred percent a link between our mental health and what we think and feel and our physical health in terms Mm. of what our body's doing and that that goes both ways you know Mm. how we're doing physically can have some massive impacts on our mood and on our emotions on our sleep and on our mental health and then on the flip side of that as well those mental health kind of you know um staples affect how our body functions Mm. um and you know from from that very first kind of entry into to physiology and psychology and stuff that's something that's always fascinated me too Mm. you know like Mm. it's amazing to me how you know we've got studies showing that if someone comes out of surgery for example and their mood is better they're more optimistic they're sleeping better that their rate of healing from that surgery and recovery from that surgery is significantly better than someone who might come out of surgery and be struggling with their mood or have, you know, issues with their sleep. Mm. Um, and, and 
the, the opposite is true too. You know, there are whole heap of physical health conditions mm. that put someone way more at risk for depression or anxiety mm. for example so mm. you know this isn't this isn't a pie in the sky thing this mind body link is massively yeah. real um, and that's why we need to think about the two on equal mm. kind of terms like again going back to that view of mm. of the mental health being kind of like the <laughs> the milk bottle child, yeah. you know, the lost <laughs> child that we just don't think about and physical health being the kind of the, on the podium. Yeah. We need to think about them on the same level. Mm. Um, so yeah, that definitely wasn't an elevator pitch, but no, that's all good. No, that's, I mean, per, super well put really, really good. Sorry. That was a poorly worded question. <laughs> <laughs> we do good work here at the men of words, you know, <laughs> men of words, mate. <laughs> You actually lost me then. I was going to ask a question. But maybe something that we can progress that, that point from is something that I know you're very passionate in advocating is for the the impact of body image and mm. society's impact as a male with body image. Yeah. Um, something that's probably really close to me as well, like as a, as a kid, I definitely, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, I definitely had issues with body image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to hear your yeah. point of view on it. I know for a long time, like I was, I was picked on for being the chubby kid or, you know, one, at one point in my life I got picked on for having fat fingers, which yeah. is what? like at the point I was like, what the, f-? like fat fingers. Like, I don't have fat fingers. And then it just started playing it's on my mind. It's cruel. Like, Crazy. Like, like anything to pick like, up. Well, like, yeah. No. Of all things on uh, existence, you've got fat fingers, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. Yeah. But I know, like, for me, you know, it was funny because I sort of got to year nine and I was like, fuck, like, all my mates are fit and running. And so I started doing that and I dropped a a fair few kilos Uh and then the girls started talking to me and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I'll keep going. Uh And I went harder and harder and, you know, I still thought I was fatter than I should be. Mm. Looking back at photos now from when I was in, like, year 10 or 11, like... I was pretty skinny, mm-hmm. and at the time, I vividly remember being like, "Oh, I'm not as, not as skinny as my mates." And, yeah, yeah. You know, the girls are talking to them. Why aren't they talking to me? Or maybe yeah. I need to lose more weight. Yeah. And then, yeah. even to the point, maybe about seven years ago, we were having this conversation with a few of my mates, and one of them actually said, "Like, I always wanted to look like you, Liam, because you, yeah. you know, like the girls talk to you, and you had a." good body and I was uh-huh. like no I did like in my mind <laughs> I was like no 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 I was working to look like you yeah. like I was and yeah. I wasn't it wasn't like I don't think I was doing unhealthy things uh-huh. in terms of losing weight or anything no. but it was more but it was the something mindset. that was on your mind and yeah. it weighed on yeah. you at times yeah and look like I'd love to hear your I guess idea of yeah. the societal pressures of body image yeah. for males as well like I, we know it's a huge thing for females, and it's yeah. very heavily advocated for, but yeah. I'd love to hear your point of view on the male side as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, well, and I mean, just th- <laughs> thanks so much for putting that out there, mm. man, because that's honestly something that I think so many guys go through, yeah. especially young guys, but we don't, like, we don't talk about it, we don't put that out there because, you know, there's all those, like, masculine kind mm. of... Mm you know man dynamics floating around still in terms of oh well like worrying about what we look like Mm. or talking about that and stuff isn't isn't something that guys kind of do um so so that actually i think makes men that are going through those kind of concerns and worries feel like it's you know it's something that 
yeah. they're alone in or they're going through yeah. um, when actually we know especially now in the way society's kind of geared around appearance and image and the external stuff so much mm. it's something that actually a lot of guys go through mm. um, and you know more and more research is coming out every month showing just how many young guys in particular are really struggling with mm. this body image stuff um so as you sort of said it's it is something that i've sort of particularly been interested in and have talked a bit about um because of that and also in a in a roundabout way because of kind of the the stuff that i've kind of personally experienced mm. and done with the the fitness stuff and the bodybuilding stuff and and things um like that and you know i've moved through times like that as well um you know when i was younger but also you know even even more recently like in more recent years with the the bodybuilding stuff mm. um you know you do find yourself in positions where as a as a guy and as a man you, you are kind of really made to feel now like okay there, there's actually quite a lot of pressure from mm. society in a way to kind of look a certain way mm. and and act a certain way and talk a certain way and it's it's always been something that women have have massively, you know, unfairly had to had to move through. Yeah. But definitely. I think more and more now we're seeing that it's something that for, for young men and, and you know, for, for even boys and, mm. and early teens that's mm. something that's really on their radar as well. Mm. Um so it's it's massively important mm. to talk about. Do you think there's a a link maybe with some of your experiences with people you've met in the fitness industry mm. in getting into the fitness industry and, and being so heavily invested in yeah. bodybuilding and you know is there like do you ever feel times where you're like oh you know that person may have had some serious insecurities at one point yeah well i mean i guess i would i would kind of never th think about someone in that way but i mean i think i think that is a very real thing mm. um you know and when we talk about men that are struggling with muscle dysmorphia mm. which mm. is kind of like this new diagnosis in psychiatry now okay. um, where people really struggle with feeling like they're never big enough oh, or right. muscular enough or lean enough or yeah. cut enough or <laughs> any of the terms you yeah, want to use yeah, yeah, yeah. diced enough like, <laughs> any um, of those whatever hashtags you know there's, there's a recognized psychiatric condition now wow. where those worries and kind of obsessions mm. and behaviors around that are a, a psychiatric disorder um you know and and for example men that have that diagnosis are more likely to have been men who at some point in their lives have maybe struggled with um you know maybe being overweight at some point mm. or mm. or feeling that they were too skinny or small at mm. some point um you know and so i think for for, for some men who are getting into the the fitness mm. area really heavily and, and getting into bodybuilding that they may come from that background yeah um so yeah it's been interesting kind of moving through that world a little bit yeah. and, and you know like i'm i definitely have to to point out that i you know am in no means like a professional bodybuilder or have kind yeah. of really been in it to that extent but you know it is quite eye-opening yeah you know, because there, there is a lot of anxiety and a lot of insecurity and and low mood and mm. and mental health struggles from people that are in that spot and are looking 
you know, like a, a real life action man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, there's there's a lot of anxiety and, and um, yeah. kind of questions about self worth that comes from that. The other side of the coin, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, bodybuilding, the picture perfect body sort of thing. But if you're going into a competition mm. and you're not winning because you're, yeah, you know, your body percentage is slightly yeah. different to yeah. someone else's, yeah. like, mm. that's obviously going to have. Yeah, it affects on on the mindset. A hundred percent, you know, and like that's something that um, you know I've kind of moved through personally at times as mm. well. Mm. You know, like you know, especially looking back now, like times where I have been really anxious about mm. how I looked, or you know, what my body fat percentage was, mm. or like mm. how big a certain part of your body is or how proportioned it is and compared mm. to something else and i think that's because if you're really in that then then those are the messages you've been sent all yeah. the time you know like if you're competing as a bodybuilder or you're doing fitness modeling stuff mm. where the whole aim of the game in a way is to have yeah people stand in front of you and tell you in one way or another whether you are good enough mm. and to have that be completely based on what you look like on the outside yeah. it's it's really easy for that to start to seep into your mm. kind of overall impression of mm. your self-worth mm. and your identity and um you know and i think in a way that's something that is kind of rippling out to to society in general in terms of some of the stuff that that's kind of on social media now for for men and for women you know if you scroll through your instagram and obviously it depends on what kind of pages and stuff you follow but you know you might be scrolling through your instagram and and for women it's seeing images of of other women with you know a certain type of body and Mm. a certain type of photo um and and for men it's the same Mm. now you Mm. know like um we know as a fact that advertising for men now is far, far more likely to include, you know, the male body mm. than it was at any other time mm. in history. You know, like yeah, if it's a yeah. fragrance or something yeah. like that, you know, like it's always, it's always got like a really jacked or kind of yeah. ripped kind of dude there. So we're getting these messages all the time yeah. that we're kind of maybe not meeting some kind of standard mm. and it's easy for that to sort of trickle mm. into how you see yourself and, and how worthy you see yourself mm. compared to others and it's such a loaded deck as well because i mean for one you're seeing this totally curated content that mm. you don't know like what the back end of that is like and yes. you know an interesting yeah. thing that um even just in listening to a handful of different podcasts talking to some different uh, like actors and actresses mm. Um, so I'm like huge Marvel fan. So like anything to do with any of the Marvel people, yeah. I'm all about it. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? I mean, yeah, it's like everyone on the planet is, right? Um, well, the oh yeah, yeah, oh. the one and only person. Oh. This is true. This is the oh, only. Man. This is the only beef that Liam and I have. <laughs> the timbers <laughs> just dropped. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting in like a lot of people in that. I guess you know people that we put on like the one percent like put up on the pedestal Mm. as far as like being Mm -hmm, beautiful mm -hmm. people men or women Mm. uh you know it's been really interesting the amount of people that have come out sort of recently and said stuff like yeah like i look this good but it is totally unattainable unless that is your only goal so Mm. like you can't it's dangerous to have this as like Mm -hmm. you know the yardstick that Mm -hmm. you're aiming for Mm -hmm. because it's like it's you know like actors and actresses that have these 
whole teams of people devoted to every single minute of their yeah. day getting them yeah. to like look as good you know yeah. Um, yeah. and and then like you know not drinking water for three days before shooting a scene or something like that you know there's yep. there, there is like it's so yeah like it, yeah it's just it's a loaded deck you know it's it's a really hard 100%, to percent yeah. yeah and it's like you say we're seeing all this stuff and getting all these messages all the time and and exactly like you say it's it's kind of this because it doesn't just have to be about body image mm. like the mm. same is there in terms of like success or oh, wealth yeah. or position yeah lifestyle you know like we see all these shots of people like lying on the beach or like in front of a really fancy car and walking onto a jet mm, mm. and like that might be the one time they've gone on holiday in like two yeah. years yeah um, but it's not their car they just saw a party in the street you know like. yeah. just take 500 photos and oh, place it yeah, yeah. two years yeah. yeah but you know like we see these things and we compare our everyday to someone else's you know blue moon yeah you know what i mean yeah. and and the same thing you're exactly right the same thing is is there in a way in terms of of body image pressures as well mm. because that's exactly right like if you're entering a bodybuilding competition mm. you you can't physically l- look that way for any extended period of time yeah um because your body is in such a in a lot of ways an unnatural state yeah uh, that you know if if you continued at that level for too long you would get you you would be ill like Mm. you would be really sick um and yeah i've seen some more of that coming out lately from from actors and things which i think is really good yeah i think i saw something from zach efron chatted to someone the other day saying that you know how he looked for some movie was only for that movie Mm. and it took like you say an insane amount of work for Mm. the months before that uh and you know stuff in terms of lighting and stuff being curated and stuff yeah he kind of came out saying like i don't want young guys to think that that's the way that i look all the time or that that's how they should be thinking they Mm. should look because it's you know Mm. in some ways it's not real life Mm. um you know and yeah it's been really interesting especially as a doctor and someone that's really passionate about mental health to i guess also stand on that side of the coin yeah. sometimes in yeah. terms of some some photo shoot stuff and, mm. and the competition stuff you know you you prep insanely for it mm. and you mm. you know like if, if there's a photo shoot coming up you're kind of getting your body to a place uh, where the week or two after that, you know, you can't sustain that. Mm, yeah. But but if someone looks at a photo of of that, then you know, naturally they might say, "Well, mm. holy shit, how does that guy look like that yeah. all the time? Yeah, Why yeah. do I look like this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I better get my shit together." And it can make us feel really, you know, really crap about ourselves. Yeah. To be honest. So you having those two perspectives like you said you know understanding both sides of the coin Mm. a little better than most maybe like you know like being a Mm. medical professional but then also being in that other world too what's your sort of regulator what do you use to like Mm. keep that in check and it's obviously not 100% all the time because it's no 100% all the time but what's your sort of strategy around like maintaining that as a balance Mm. for yourself and then I guess maybe even for like some of your peers too yeah yeah 
Um, that's a really good question because I guess if I'm honest, it, it's it's something that that in some ways I'm still learning uh, and that I, I haven't maybe done that well at times. Mm. You know, like I'm, in general, I think I'm, I'm just quite a perfectionist, uh, you know, classic doctor, obviously, but yeah. like a little bit type A, well, probably more than a little bit type A, um, <laughs> you know, it can be a little bit kind of like I get super passionate about stuff and fitness and, yeah. and the bodybuilding stuff at some stages has been part of that. And that for me has been much more a positive than a negative but there have been times especially looking back now where I have been you know probably a little too rigid with it a little too obsessive about it um, and that has caused me anxiety and and I think it has caused periods where I've kind of I've let that come before doing other Mm. things Mm. in a way Mm. Um, you know so I think for me that's a little bit of a barometer like when i start to find myself prioritizing uh that type of thing or you know gains or Mm, (laughs) being in the gym or how i look above spending time with people or my work or 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 other commitments that for me is a little Mm. bit of a barometer in terms of okay maybe i need to kind of just kind of be present and acknowledging that this is is kind of maybe becoming a little bit too rigid um, yeah. but that's a really good question because I think it's something that I mean you don't have to be into bodybuilding or or fitness modeling to still feel those pressures yeah yeah and for, a, for a lot of athletes you know professional athletes and even just guys and girls that are into just going to the gym and yeah. working on their fitness goals um you know it can be easy to to fall into using the external and what stuff looks like in the mirror as a barometer for how we're doing with all those goals and it can be easy for it to become a bit rigid Mm. and i think start to contribute to anxiety and our Mm. sense of of worth Mm. um i'd love to um maybe just jump in on that on that exact point because one thing that i've been thinking of as well like during this is um like, you know, maybe two years ago, I signed up for my first, like, eight-week challenge at a gym. Mm. And, and my sole focus was, you know, I recognized that I was probably a little bit overweight. And my sole focus was to drop a few kilos uh-huh. and yeah. get back get back some routine in my life. And I was so rigid on, you know, waking up at 5.30 and going mm. to the gym and then going to work and then going to the gym and then yeah. coming home and yeah. eating right. And absolutely loved it. Yeah. Enjoyed everything. Yeah hit my target weight and everything and everyone yeah. was like Fuck, like you look really good yeah and then at the end of it i was like i'm actually knackered like i'm so tired mm. i want a break yeah. and then i still would go to the gym and then i went to my second one and then i was you know you do your pre weigh-ins and your body scans and all mm. that and then the second one i didn't hit my goals like i was mm. a mile off okay. and i was so disheartened in mm. myself for yeah. working my backside off yeah yeah and then to the point now where, you know, working, going to another gym, doing some eight-week challenges, I've just stopped doing all the pre-tests. Okay. So I've, I've recognised in myself that it's yeah. it's a thing that's going to either piss me right off and send me spiralling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you rock up on day one, they go, cool, it's your turn for the scan. And I've been just like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Because I've started to realise that yeah, yeah. I actually feel really good at the end of a challenge yeah. or at the end of a block in myself because I know that I've been 
fit and healthy and active yeah, and I've been living yeah, this lifestyle exactly. yeah, and yeah. it's not like you know the first time I did it I was like I want people to say you look good like wow you look really good which is that natural, was my natural right? like it, exactly like, like yeah. it's okay to to want to yeah improve how we look or yeah absolutely. It's, it's okay to yeah you know have kind of goals that include an aspect of yeah that. Yeah, absolutely. So I know at the point I, was, I had no issues with me saying that was one of my goals mm. was I want to, I want pay like I want to work hard and then have people recognise that I've yeah. worked hard. But mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, I might not go to the gym for two days. I haven't been to the gym for like two months at the moment uh-huh. because I've been, you know, like happy with how I, like happy with how I yeah. am at the moment. Yeah, and I'm doing stuff and I'm working and you know I'm in a really good mental mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And I, even the last challenge I did, I remember the last day when everyone was doing their post tests, and the whole gym was walking around going, how'd you go? Oh, I lost six kilos, lost 7% body fat. <laughs> yeah. And they came up to me and they're like, how'd you go? I was like, I don't know. Was like, I feel good. Measure. I had a good eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I feel really good. And they're like, nice. oh, what about your scans? I was like, well, I don't know. I didn't do it. Mm. Yep. And I just, I think that's been something that's been a huge learning curve yep. for me is yep. like, those challenges maybe are built for the social media posts mm. and the and the outside recognition rather than mm. the internal. But for me, I've learned to, like, I'm still want to do a challenge because yeah. I want to get that routine and I want to yeah. yep. work out and, and feel good about myself, but it's not the numbers. Yeah, awesome. And, like, I think that's an incredibly important point uh, because, you know, I've had discussions or written articles about, about this kind of thing before Mm. um you know and people have asked me well like where's the line between like you know it's it's like a media tagline but like where's the line between passion versus pathology yeah Yeah. you know like when does something become something that we just really enjoy and are really into and that's how we want to spend our time which is fine like even as as someone working in psychiatry i don't think it's other people's job to be telling us how we should be spending our time or what Mm. we should be doing with our lives you know but that line between something being something that boosts us up physically and mentally and something that maybe starts the seesaw starts to tip and it starts to detract Mm. that's that's a really difficult kind of question um but like you've touched on i think one of the signs that we can use is when overall something is maybe bringing more positive than negative into our lives you know and it sounds like at a point there you started to to feel or to recognize that Mm. were were maybe making you feel a little too rigid or comparative to, to numbers and weights and it was maybe starting to bring with it more of a sense of anxiety yeah, or, or things rather than absolutely. the positives which yeah. it sounds like uh just the the mental and physical buzz from working out right. feeling healthier feeling lighter be, being able to to look at yourself in the yeah. mirror and feel a little bit more comfortable in your yeah. own skin which is all completely fine yeah big time. um so you know that's something that i've talked to people about at points as well in terms of well it's sitting back and kind of thinking has this become something mm. that's that's bringing more positive mm. into my life mm. than than negative? You know, because you will talk to some people or, or some some guys that that are going to the gym and they're smashing it like mm. every week. Mm. They're going religiously mm. five six times mm. a week. They're they're going through the diet. They're prepping their meals. Mm. They're um, and for them they they love it. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, something that they're getting mental and physical boosts from, and that's 
that's what they enjoy that's how they want to spend their time but there can be another group of guys who are doing the exact same thing and even if it's kind of maybe boxed away a little bit they're actually feeling really anxious about it yeah. they're feeling mm. really hemmed in by it there's a sense of a, of a loss of control with it yeah you know if i've had a massive week at work and i'm just freaking exhausted and smashed if i say i think i should actually just have a night off tonight and just yeah. rest yeah but you know there's a little monkey on the shoulder saying you miss it gains, yeah. or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. You, yeah. You, you know you're a lazy slob if you don't go and there's yeah. an anxiety around it you know like if it's starting to bring more of a negative mm. than a positive then maybe that's where the kind yeah. of the, the seesaw tipping point lies um, mm. but it is tricky yeah, yeah like, you know, real tricky and it's something that I I mean I still am because you, like you said there's still a monkey in the back like yeah. they're just saying I need, I haven't been to the gym in two months I was like Oh, fuck, I need, <laughs> I, need to go, yeah, I need to do something like oh the my seesaw, god I saw the seesaw yeah. tip in your yeah. mind. but then like, oh, at the man. same time I'm like you know what no I don't need to just yet because I'm I'm in a really good spot and yeah because yeah, I know like I know exactly how I felt when I was lining up that second time waiting for my post test and I was like fuck what if I don't hit my goals and mm. you end up walking around miserable and people are going how'd you go and you're like oh I didn't you know yeah. don't want to talk about yeah. it yeah that's yeah. it and, you just and all up, of a sudden that makes this whole eight yeah. week effort a, a failure yeah, you know, yeah. Which into just, some people yeah, yeah which is just totally not yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's crazy. you know and that's something that I've kind of moved through with some of the stuff at points as well like you know there's been times where I've called myself out on you know like maybe a thought going through my mind of you know, and I think a lot of people that do bodybuilding or maybe that more professional side of appearance yeah. stuff, yeah. it's yeah. something that they, I think, will really know what I mean by this. But after a show or, yeah. or a photo shoot or something is often the most difficult time because you kind of get yourself to this level and then it's kind of, okay, well, we yeah, get well, back to normal life yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, yeah. I can't survive at 4% body fat for, yeah. you know, more than... a bloody week or two yeah um and so watching your body kind of change back a little bit yeah. more can actually be kind of hard and so having thoughts go through your mind of oh, you know what are people going to say or what are people yeah. going to think if, if yeah. you, you know if you have six abs instead of eight yeah you know like yeah. <laughs> and even for me as like yeah. a mental health doctor there's been times where i've had to be like whoa yeah that that is in my opinion, and for me, that is that is that is maybe not the healthiest yeah, spot to be in. Sure. To to be feeling like my worth for myself and for other people yeah. is based on how I look mm, or mm. a number on a scan or a body fat percentage mm. or yeah um, yeah. So yeah, and I think it's something that even if we're just going to the gym you know in, yeah. a, in a non-professional sense yeah um it's something that we can really get pretty easily pulled into yeah definitely yeah thank you for um thanks for sharing i guess yeah like your experiences with that as well mm. yeah, it's, really yeah cool it's not actually something i've talked about a lot to be honest um you know and i wonder if that is because there has been a bit of like you say I, in some ways i've had to defend End myself at times yeah, right. a little bit yeah, in terms okay. of being a doctor and a mental health doctor yeah. also doing this Least. other kind yeah. of stuff yeah. um, and that's been that's been like a really interesting component to, mm. to all this stuff as well yeah. to the yeah. whole fitness media like 
mental health advocacy stuff yeah you know medicine can be a bit of a traditional beast yeah like, like a lot of kind of and is that professions what you, and careers can be yeah and is that what you sort of have found yourself in defense of you're saying like are people you know not i'm sure it's not this black and white but are they sort of like accusing you of perpetuating that sort of like you mm. know that body image you know sort of thing or like keeping that snowball rolling and sort yeah, of stuff yeah there's really? been an element okay. of that well and i can understand that too and like that's been something difficult that i'm still kind of trying to balance as well because i get that and i i understand that Mm. um you know like if i'm on one hand you know coming out saying like you know we need to realize the impact that body image pressures are having on men and and all that but then you know there's like a picture online or i'm i'm doing something where you know, like I am, yeah, like five percent body fat, and yeah. like, you know, is that perpetual? Mm. Is is that like a hypocritical thing? Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a fine line, and it's something mm. that you know. Th- these are both just things that I'm really passionate yeah. about, and yeah. I believe that we don't have to fully separate them. Um, and I mean, all that proves is but, just the like. Yeah. All that proves to me is just like the surface level at which everyone approaches this stuff these mm. days and that's not and that's in so many different circumstances mm. but it's like you see the first thing you know the surface level with a picture online mm. of the five percent mm, yeah. body fat yeah. and then yeah like if you read that that's dr kieran kennedy everyone's like oh well ah oh, look at this dude he's a bloody doctor I and mean, he's jacked and all this yeah. sort of stuff and all that but you know and so i guess that could be an easy assumption for people to jump to whereas you know with a couple of minutes of you know interest or effort in digging mm. below that surface level mm. they'll see that you're a huge advocate for mental health and mm. want to be this link between those two things in a way yeah you know uh, reading yeah. the article versus looking at the photo and skimming past like, yeah and yeah like right. making judgment yeah. really quick i think yeah. it's easy to do that stuff these days and like yeah, yeah i'm guilty of it of course like, i think we all would oh, be at times we all are yeah you know there's there's truth to that judging a book by its cover kind of thing in both directions isn't there and i guess i guess for me and again like coming back to how i even started doing any of this kind of thing in the first place was was that idea of well it it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah you know like you you can be a a gym rat if you want but you can also be thinking about your mental health as well um you know and i think it, it for me that's where i've kind of really felt quite passionate about that and have maybe had an opportunity to push that because it is a little kind of weird or jarring to to see someone kind of mm. with mm. you know with fingers in both yeah, pies like in a some, in both pants. yeah, yeah exactly. in some ways but you know to be thinking about your mental health and you know, being, especially for guys, being a, a, a sensitive kind of mm. <laughs> more new agey kind of dude that's yeah, yeah. thinking about their mental health and emotions and stuff, you you still can be mm. into sports. You, you still can be hitting the gym. You, you can still be having goals about your fitness and, and even if your body, and mm. your body, if that's what you want. And it goes on the same flip side. You know, like if you're someone that's, you know, into the gym, smashing weights, looking a certain way, that doesn't mean that that person isn't also someone who can be thinking about and prioritizing and looking after their mm. mental health oh, at 100%. the same time. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's, that's yeah. for me, kind of what a little bit of the mission has been in mm. terms of trying to 
trying to get rid of some of those stereotypes mm. and, and book by cover kind mm. of stigmas mm. on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. No, and exactly like Mer said, and that's big. Thanks for sharing that sort of stuff. That's um, oh, yeah, thank that's you. Big part of the message, and uh, yeah, we're all for the mission. The mission's Mate, exactly where it's at. The mission on. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Interesting thing, maybe uh, for yourself, I guess, I'd be keen to know what sort of exists outside of, and you know, these are two big all-in pursuits, you know, uh. at different <laughs> times. But outside of, you know, like uh, like your, you know, work heading towards the neuropsychiatry stuff, mm. and obviously, you know, the commitments made around the, mm. the the fitness modeling and all that sort of stuff. What outside of that? Is uh is Kieran Kennedy all about? And I will quote. I will, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I will quote you. I will quote oh, you no, to say that me. like we you have mentioned that you have a long neglected artistic <laughs> streak. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Curious, engaged. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He scratches. That's yeah, that's it. My... Freudian psychiatrist <laughs> beard. <laughs> that's it. We've got Jekyll and Hyde on either sides of the grilling mic like today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like that that first point in terms of especially the last few years, like medicine as a career is a pretty full on beast. Um, you know, you're working full time and doing night shifts, evening shifts, weekend work, 16, 17 hour days. And then you've got exams at the same time. You've got assessments constantly on the job to, to get your specialist license. It's pretty full on, um, and it has been very full on the last couple of years with all that, um, and then trying to, you know, keep up a bit of the gym stuff mm. uh, as something that I enjoy, and I have at times done, you know, a little bit more, kind of above just the, the enjoyment of it as well. You know, those, those two things have kept me pretty busy. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know for me there are other things that are really important as well and and for my mental health that's something i've recognized too that i have to make time for um and i guess the the neglected artistic streak um (laughs) probably points to you know another little piece of the pie as to why i've kind of found myself doing this stuff um because i actually grew up as a kid who uh was never going to be a doctor was always um you know my family kind of talked about was you know, going to be a, a writer or an author yeah, or okay. maybe maybe even go into acting or something mm. like that. Um, I've always written, like, I think from as early as I could string a sentence together, I was, like, writing little stories yeah, and making okay. little books oh. and, like... <laughs> yeah. um, so writing is something that I'm incredibly passionate about just from a personal mm. uh, and more of a creative sense. Um, you know obviously now I do quite a bit of writing about health and mental health for various things um, but I also write in my own time just uh, just creatively and for the enjoyment as well yeah, so nice. um, you know a bit of, bit of poetry kind of stuff or short stories or yeah. creative stuff um, I played the piano for many many years and left that f- let that go to the wayside for a wee while while <laughs> I sort of became yeah. a, a man of science um, 
but have, have kind of been picking that up a little bit more lately so you know the, the creative side of things and, and the arts for me is something that mm. that I really enjoy yeah. as well uh, little left brain little right brain 100% <laughs> right yeah we, we need a bit of both or I do anyway yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, that's so cool. you know as well as as all of us kind of time with with mates and and time catching up with family you know over the phone obviously now yeah. that I'm over here but you know those are some of the things that kind of keep me I guess sustained mm. in a way and keep me a little bit sane as well when I'm kind yeah, of exactly. working so much or you know doing a bit of the, the fitness juggling as well yeah, I find it interesting sorry just that the comment on your family saying you know like you were always going to be yeah in that arts world you know with writing or mm. um acting or did you ever and i suppose the network your support network saying you're calling him by phone after having obviously moved over here but what was the support like maybe from your parents in terms of like was there ever any pressure to be in the dairy world if if, they've come from generations of dairy farming uh no like never any pressure around it um like i remember probably like when i was a teenager my my mum's side of the family, her, you know, my my um, nana and, and granddad, they were, you know, like they were looking at selling the farm or my, my granddad had passed away by then and, and nana was kind of looking to yeah. to sell the farm and, and kind of um, move move into town mm. and, and things. Um, and there was that question for a little bit there. Um, so I have three brothers, um, so it's quite a, a big family of mm of boys um and there was that question floated out there you know like if if any of you guys want to you know have a crack yeah if you if i think if any one of us had kind of wanted to have a crack at going onto the farm and Mm. and working then then the farm probably wouldn't have been sold um but yeah there was never any pressure there uh and i think you know i i am a bit of a country boy at heart like i love being in the country and stuff Mm. but Mm. but for me i think it was was probably pretty clear yeah. pretty early on that the stuff that I was interested in and doing yeah. probably that I, I wasn't going to be the, the the farm boy yeah um, <laughs> but, uh, not that that means I'm some kind of like city, city slicker, slicker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, it townie that's right family are like oh you're such a townie that's it back, <laughs> back from the big smoke in his white shoes walking on the farm you know? <laughs> look, look at these Melbourne clothes <laughs> Who been in Australia too long time to come back to the motherland. <laughs> exactly. Get yourself, yeah. Get yourself yeah. But, but no, so there was never any pressure there. But I mean, it, it was interesting when I decided that I was going to go to uni and try to get into med school. Mm. Um, you know, my, I never really talked to him about it that much. But I remember my mum saying, you know, like, oh, dad's, dad's not that, like, dad's not that, um, flash on it like yeah, dad, yeah. dad's i think dad's a little bit upset that you're not you know doing your writing stuff yeah um so yeah i mean that's 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 yeah interest it was interesting to hear that and and also kind of great that you know my family have just always been super supportive of, mm. of any of the stuff mm. that i've wanted to do and 
some of that has been a little bit outside the box, a little bit crazy, and I think they've kind of been like, <laughs> <laughs> "All right, <laughs> you're gonna do what?" Uh, but yeah, they've always been very supportive, yeah. and, and the kind of I, I always sort of said to them, "Well, writing and the creative stuff is something that hopefully I'll always be able to yeah. to have." Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you can't be you can't be a writer who goes into the hospital and does a bit of medicine yeah. on the side and if you were I think you'd be going to prison fairly quickly <laughs> but uh, you know so I kind of always thought well I'll do it this way around yeah, and yeah. hopefully I can somehow incorporate the two and the fact that I'm able to do a bit of the writing stuff yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. do stuff like this where yeah. I'm talking to you guys and using some of that you know, communication-y, speaking, yeah, yeah, writing yeah. stuff that I love. Um, it's Yeah, it's really interesting to see how it's all kind of it's come around a little yeah, bit. it's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. That's a pretty, like, progressive move on Dad's behalf, though, I'll say. The fact that he's willing to say, yeah, you know what, uh, I don't know about this sure thing in being in medicine, but if you want to go and be a starving artist, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that is a woke move from a dad. Oh, yeah. My old man would never have said that. <laughs> I'm also aware that you know, I, <laughs> my dad is a, is a great man. Like people will be like, "Your dad was pissed off with you because you wanted to be a doctor." Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one to like wrap your head around. It's not what it was like, but you know, I think yeah. just write the ne- the next Grey's Anatomy and then be like, "See, Dad, I told you, I was always going to the real one." Yeah, exactly. The real Grey's Anatomy. That's it. Well, I mean, Lucy, my darling partner, being a nurse. Mm her favourite thing in the entire world is watching Grey's Anatomy for the inaccuracies of like I was going to say uh, doctors just... would never be this involved all the these nurses would be doing all of this work this is bullshit McSteamy can get fucked like, she's not wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man oh, that's awesome um, with you know your sort of if you drew a really big circle around the sort of collective goals that you know that we've talked about for you, yeah, you know, in, in this conversation of the mental health advocacy and you know understanding and better you know relationships with body image and all that sort of mm. stuff, for you, what would be like if what would be a really not a solution, obviously, but mm. what would be a really like positive step that you'd love to see like here, like you know call it Australia, like mm, here in mm. Australia, in, you know, not in a particular amount of time, but like what would you say would be, you know, like a big a big step in the right direction as far as this yeah. mental health advocacy and, and all of this stuff that you're really passionate about? What would that be? Mm. Well, I mean, I guess really broadly, yeah. it would again come back to that, that idea that from a societal level, from a funding level, from a systems kind of health service level, us actually really making some moves to acknowledge that the mental side of things Mm. needs to be on par Mm. with the physical side of things and that we can't in a way have one without the other um you know so that would be kind of like the the lofty kind Mm. of super broad kind of goal (laughs) yeah Um, but, but i think for me like something that that i am pretty passionate about us thinking about more as well is this idea that you know, and, and this kind of comes from some of the fitness stuff as well. This idea that we can do things every day, even really simple things, that can bolster, boost, protect, whatever word you want to use, our mental health, just like we do our physical health. Mm. Um, you know, so 
probably in some things that I've done or written said really like grossly corny cheesy things like you know we need to be focusing on our mental muscle just as much as our physical muscle but you know this idea that we can go to the gym and Mm. look into our diet and do all these things and that that can improve and protect Mm. and bolster us from physical illness like there's a massive disconnect there Mm. between how we can do that in a sense for our mental health as well Um, and that's not saying that someone that finds themselves in a place of struggling with their mental health or someone with a mental illness Mm is in that place because they haven't done enough things Mm. to protect Mm. their mental health or that they're responsible for being in that place in some way. No way. Like, just like the fact that someone can go to the gym seven days a week and eat, like, an immaculate vegan-style diet and be, like, this glowing kind of guru of health, Mm. and then they can still be diagnosed with bowel cancer Mm. for just whatever awful, tragic reason. Obviously the same exists for with mental health um but you know there are things that we can be doing every single day to be trying to put our mental health on the best kind of foundation just like we do our physical health and i think if we can kind of as a society start really thinking about and appreciating that more and putting just as much into it as we do our physical well-being and body and all this kind of the, the health and wellness industry if we can actually be starting to include our mental health in that, that would be a massive step in the right direction. Because we can. You know, there, there are very simple things that we can do every day to to give our mood, to give our mental health, mm. to, to give our sleep the best chance of mm. being in the, the best place that it can be in. Um, and that can protect us from times in the future when we're, you know, hit with something really difficult or we mm. are in a really stressful spot. Again, a massive ramble, but you know, no, <laughs> please, not like at all. That's something that I think we really can, in a very real way, be moving towards. Do you have the like? Do you have like a you know like a fast five? <laughs> These are the five, like. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's five. Yeah, like, no, that's counting cool. on yeah, the fingers, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so just very simple everyday things um, that also benefit our physical health. You know, so exercise exercise is something that can have massive payoffs for mental health you know and and this is something that maybe you Mm. kind of recognized as well yeah when we start getting into like a regular routine with a bit of exercise thrown in there in the week Mm. that can have some pretty massive impacts on our mood on anxiety on how we sleep um so that's one um, you know, we're learning more and more about diet and mental health now. Um, so, uh, you know, trying our best to have a bit of a balance in our diet and not just be going with the, the processed kind of food is showing sort of scientifically that there can be benefits there for our mental health. Um, sleep is something that I'll <laughs> stand up on a soapbox about all day. Like <laughs> yeah. That's something yeah. that personally and professionally I'm, I'm obviously... <laughs> quite interested in um but you know if we can actually sort of get rid of this idea that we need to be 24 7 on the Mm, go mm. and and you know it's a bit of a status symbol if i only sleep four hours a night but i'm still hustling and killing my goals and all this stuff um you know focusing on sleep 
yeah, can have massive flow-on effects for our mental health. Um, and then making a bit of time for the social side of things, for for kind of connecting with others. You know, yeah. we don't have to be going to parties or, you know, being the life of the party. But even if it's one person that we kind of across a week are kind of able to have a bit of time to connect mm. with someone. Um, you know, all those very basic kind of human things um, that we often do let kind of slip to the wayside in that craziness of life, that they can have massive kind of benefits for our mental health just like they can our physical health. Yeah. Brilliant. Pretty solid advice. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's, <laughs> again, it's kind of people look at me and they're just like, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to sleep and walk and eat reasonably. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not why, like not a huge did I come stretch. to you for advice again? <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's so realistic and so easy to do mm. that it just it it's often easy takes to, that reminder yeah, like, exactly. well, that yeah. basic, like you know this is it's yeah. so simple to yeah. do and, and to we make don't part of your life realize how much we let that stuff slip yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah, definitely. and i think when it comes to mental health again it's so kind of it's still very like mysterious and mm. complicated yeah. and i think we often feel like there has to be some kind of super specific tricky complicated fix for all this stuff and and you know if it gets to a certain level maybe but if we're talking about things that we can be doing every day to to kind of put our mental health on a on a good solid ground yeah you know just those very basic things can have a massive impact Um, and that's something that i talk to patients about a lot um you know, no matter how many times I do it, yeah, I do yeah. get those surprise kind of looks yeah. like, okay, like, so I no waited, shit I waited, like, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I get that. like, okay, so I waited three months for this appointment for yeah. you to tell me yeah. that I just need to go to bed a bit earlier yeah, yeah. and maybe, you know, go for a walk to the shops instead of take the car three times a week. Like, what? But, you know. It's easy to forget that yeah. stuff. Yeah, like definitely. it's, you know, I guess it's taken for granted when you've got it that, you know, it's also sort of yeah. taken for granted when it's missing as well. Yeah. You just don't realise. Hundred percent. So simple. For for mild depression, as an example, like if someone's clinically depressed, but they they're meeting like the mild threshold. Mm-hmm. Studies show that a regular exercise program is just as effective for treating that as an antidepressant, wow. which is really. really really interesting yeah um you know so again this isn't a pie in the sky kind of you know eat yeah, five day, yeah, yeah, go yeah, to yeah. bed at 10 o'clock like this is a this is a very real legit yeah biological thing that we're kind of coming to see more and more uh as a reality yeah i just want to jump in to double back over those things kieran mentioned we can do every day to improve our mental health they're really simple things but they bear repeating as they're easy to forget sometimes Keeping a regular routine, exercise, a balanced diet, plenty of sleep and human connection. All simple things, but really, really important. Uh, so, Kieran, we might just launch into sort of the final part of, mm-hmm. of the chapter that of your episode of Men of Words. And, yeah. Um, one exercise that we have adopted and we really, really find powerful is something that we learned from the Resilience Project mm-hmm. um, and Martin Heppel in calling a best mate and just telling them you love them and appreciate yeah. them. Yeah. First thing I'd like to know is when was the last time you told a mate that you loved him? Uh, it wouldn't have been that long ago, actually. Yeah. Like, um, I've, I'm pretty blessed with some pretty amazing kind of close, close mates and, and a few kind of, a few guys that I'd count as best mates. And, um, 
you know, not with all of them, but with with a couple of them, like we're pretty. But we're pretty open with that kind of again awesome. not like launching into a full-on kind of no, 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 no. <laughs> thing but you know kind of saying um you know i love you man and uh, miss you kind of thing in terms of being over here and stuff yeah um, unreal yeah so i might have thrown that out in a text over the last week or so but yeah but in terms of actually saying face to face or kind of in in words that um, probably not for a while yeah um that's unreal, firstly, to hear that it's something that you do, and I think it's something that we all should do. Mm. Um, would you be open to, to calling one of your friends now and seeing if you can catch someone yeah. and, and letting them know? That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, why not? Shit, pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see if he picks up. He's a busy man. Hey mate, uh, I've probably caught you in the middle of uh, changing baby or, I don't know, saving the world from uh, measles or coronavirus or whatever you're doing at the moment. Um, but I really just wanted to, to I guess, say, ooh, and actually I'm a bit <laughs> emotional saying this actually, but just to tell you how much I love you uh, and just to, to thank you for being such an amazing mate um, for so many years and to say how proud I am of you. Um, in terms of all the, the things that you're doing. Um, you know, you're a new dad, you're a, an inspiring kind of husband um, to Tash, uh, and then with everything you're doing for work and stuff as well, um, mate, it's, it's pretty humbling to know you and be part of your circle. Um, and so I'm just, you know, so proud of everything you're doing and, and really uh, sort of so thankful as well for, you, for all the support you always give to me. Um, and no matter what kind of crazy stuff I'm throwing myself into, I know that worries you at times. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're always just 100% in my corner and, and I can't thank you enough for that, mate. So love you heaps um, and hope all's well and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you, mate. Bye. Mate. Woo! Wowza. Wowza. Beautiful words. That's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a keeper of a voicemail. <laughs> He's going to be hanging on to that one forever. Yeah, it's crazy how, um, you know, like even even for someone that does this kind of stuff every mm. day and, mm. and as, a, as a mental health doctor mm. you know like like you say doing that in your own personal relationships and lives is it's pretty charging isn't it like mm. it's it's, an it's amazing how emotional yeah. kind mm. of it makes mm. you feel um but no thank you guys for that because that's actually super powerful no, that was awesome yeah. mate. really really impressive i'm sure it's going to be very very impressed and and stoked to have received that sort of voicemail he might have the fear of god put into him a little bit <laughs> he's gonna be like what the hell oh, <laughs> what the hell has kieran done now <laughs> he's going to prison yeah or exactly. he's being booted out of the country i mean this is the crazy thing right yeah. and this is i guess this is the whole thing that murphy really advocate for with this activity is that like it proves how outside the norm Mm. this can be yeah. you know in some in some oh, ways and, and i guess as a way to sort of 
to sort of to you know to take the charge out of that and sort of you know and flip mm. that on on its head is is God, a pretty cool yes. thing. Yeah, because you're right. Like it's it, it is crazy to think like whether it's our family or our best mates how how well like how much we don't do mm. that right. Mm. We don't kind of tell people how we feel about them or how thankful we are about them and I guess especially as guys mm. as well we really don't do that and you know it's it's interesting as to think why mm. you know <laughs> like, yeah, like obviously yeah. there's all that masculine kind of stuff thrown in there in terms of you know lads don't talk about that stuff which yeah. obviously I'm a big proponent of just throwing that well out the window but sure. um yeah, you know, I think it's it makes us feel quite vulnerable as well, mm. doesn't it? You know, like kind of telling someone that it does make you kind of feel weirdly exposed mm. in some way. Yeah, so, big time. Yeah. I think what you touched on, Muff, in, in that it's a keeper, like it's a, a voicemail as well. We've had people answer the phone, we've had people <clears> not answer the phone, and mm. the fact that you can leave a voice message as well is still as strong yeah. as speaking mm. to someone and 100% if I got a voice message like that yeah. I, will, I will be keeping it till the day I die because that yeah. is saying that if you're ever feeling down you know that you could just mm. pick out your phone and listen to your best mate yeah. tell them they love you and appreciate you and so 100%. thank you very much for um, no, launching into that so confidently as well it was it was well, awesome I don't know how awesome confident it was no it was <laughs> hey, it was just right perfect mate. perfect mate uh, well big chat Kieran, that was awesome, mate. Really, really appreciate you coming in and and sharing like a pretty, a really awesome perspective, you know, on on mental health advocacy mm. and everything that we've spoken about today. It's a, uh, it's you know, the advice and opinions and understandings of professionals is definitely in in this space is something that you know Murph and I have both been, mm. I guess, you know. Uh, been very lucky to have taken on board and have been super appreciative you know over our sort of mental health mm. journeys and yeah to be able to I guess you know like for you uh, you know to open up pretty candidly and and uh, and, and pretty sh- much straight away into the, mm. into a big sort of conversation like this is is really impressive and it's a big testament to like to not only your character but to I guess how much you know progress and and and, and that sort of thing is, is oh, happening in this you, is really really awesome and we come bearing gifts because Murph and I are very very uh lucky grateful honored to be working really closely with Mitch and Mark at Mendel which is a uh, Melbourne-based awesome. apparel company these guys are really cool uh sinking uh money back into mental health advocacy mm-hmm. and uh and they sell them hats and tote bags and all yeah. sorts of stuff so we've got a little on behalf of them a little bit of a uh a little bit of merch that they want to part ways oh, and, thank uh, you so and, much, and deck you out with which is really really cool mm. and yeah and for us I mean you know we're, we're super stoked to be working with these yeah. guys they've got a really cool story Mitch himself uh yeah, played playing for the playing for the D's. He plays mm-hmm. uh, plays in the AFL. Well, I mean, who knows if he's going to be playing in the AFL anytime soon with a bloody virus and stuff. But... <laughs> Mate, that could be a podcast in itself. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. God, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So now look, now nah, super stoked. No, to, thank to you be so doing much stuff for, the men for that merch, guys. That's that's awesome. And, and like I say, they're doing uh, amazing stuff in terms of mm. some of the funneling back into mental health and, mm. and awareness there. So yeah, exactly. I'm, they'd be keen for a chat. I reckon I'd love to put Definitely you guys so. in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm like and he's in the architect world as well so mm. architecture mm. world so he's the different paths at both of them I know Mitch was was doing architecture pre-football yeah. so they've come from a shared you know life together and then they've gone into different directions yeah. as well and they've been able to come back together 
and form such a powerful yeah. um, entity um, with Mendel it's pretty cool and, and that I'd definitely reckon I'd love to have a chat with yeah, you one day oh. too um, look there we go and I just want to uh, props to Murph and I for having a medical professional in the chair today and not asking a single coronavirus question <laughs> Just saying, yeah, impressive, yeah. right? You guys got the show. Well. I, I saw it quivering <laughs> yeah. on, your, on your tongue there for a bit. That's I've written it. it down in my notebook about seventeen times. Just yeah. Corona, 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 Covid, Covid. Don't I'm ask, not ask, ask him. him yeah. Ask him what the deal with the toilet paper is. We don't understand. <laughs> What's the medical opinion uh, on toilet paper? Jesus Christ! Oh God, we'll yeah. be talking for another yeah, hour. Yeah, <laughs> right, we'll save that. Um, no, one but thing, I, I just wanted yeah. to say thank you so much as well, guys. Like it's um. You know, like I say, I'm super passionate about this kind of thing. Um, so it's just really humbling to, to be asked to, to come and chat and share my experience with with stuff professionally and, and otherwise. And, and also it's just, you know, being someone working in mental health in that medical kind of clinical sense, you know, to, to see stuff like this that you guys are putting out there and the awareness and advocacy you're spreading and, and coming at it from a place of things you've gone through, like that takes massive, massive courage. Mm. So, you know, so just thank you on like behalf of like medicine and, and psychiatry as well in terms of what you're doing. So that's oh, a much appreciated, mate. pleasure yeah. to be a part of. No, yeah. thank you. Truly, though, it means a lot. Give me the shivers. Thanks, mate. That was, really, that was, that was actually really nice. That was really yeah, that's it. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome place to leave it. I think uh, for everybody, I just want to say again a big thank you to everyone listening. Super grateful for the support uh, all around. On behalf of Liam and myself, uh, this is the Mental Words podcast where the little conversations can make the biggest differences. I'm just going to say, like, I'm pretty sure that was my job because I did the intro. So, <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Scratch that. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, Murph, you say no, it. No, that's it. No, say you say like... it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, done. <laughs> I forgot you did the fucking intro. Oh, so I'm leaving all thunder <laughs> I know. I'm leaving I this do, all in, by the way. I know.